Hi everyone, it's Joel and Andy on the Stay Hungry podcast and today we're going to be talking about being willing to fail. Andy, how you doing? Very good, I don't want to fail though. Seems ages since I've spoken oh, to you on here. When's the last time we podded? You're too busy like podding with all your celebrity guests from yeah, America I'm, now. I'm kind of a big deal now, America. I've heard, I've heard you say that. Glasgow. <laughs> New York, Paris, Peckham. Yeah, <laughs> mostly Peckham. I see that Kelsey Marrera, like one of one of our guests, everywhere on LinkedIn. She's doing amazing stuff with dope, isn't she? Yeah, and with um, addiction recovery and all sorts. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. Massive in America. Massive, like shit. Yeah, literally one of the top fifty business people in America. So, oh, my, my. we're at fifty-one. So annoying. <laughs> in Shrewsbury. <laughs> And our philanthropy. He said, oh, he's do, doing a bit. Did I tell you, I was on my bike the other day. Obviously, you know, I'm doing the virtual Route 66 to raise money for the Harry Johnson Trust. Cycle passes two ladies running and just said, good morning, you know, being polite, Andy 2.0. And they said, no morning, Go Andy. fuck yourself, Andy. <laughs> yeah. It's only one went past, like, oh, shit, that's Sally Johnson. So I think, oh, yeah, I did see you message her publicly yeah, to make up for your... It's the last, uh, last trading thing before the London Marathon. So, for listeners, Sally Johnson... Uh, Mother of Harry Johnson, the Harry Johnson Trust is a charity for helping uh, s- helping support children with cancer and and their families. Yep, and uh, our, our chosen charity. Yeah, so I've only got I think three hundred and fifty kilometres left. Yeah, I have to sponsor you know, and anyone listening, keep an eye out for Andy's social media. Yeah, I'm going to start batching people now because I think yeah. a lot of people at the beginning of the year were like, "Oh, he's never going to do that," and it's like, "What?" Someone hoovering. I can hear that. What was that? Someone's left the tap on. I've no idea what that sound is. Yeah, that's what it is, honestly. Tap where? In there. Oh, uh, right, okay. Makes yeah. for a great podcast. I was talking about the tap that people can't see. <laughs> well, that's all right. When, when our neighbours move out, we can have their office as well. That'll solve a lot of problems. Yeah, well, that's got to be on the on the vision. Excellent. So, willing to fail, then? What's, what's all about? So, I guess... Uh, it's kind of analysis leads to paralysis, but it, you and I read a lot of business books and we read a lot of uh, motivation books and that kind of thing. And essentially the person that wasn't willing to fail didn't do anything. That's the the logic. So uh, is it Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky? You miss all of the shots that you don't take. Mm, Wayne Gretzky, yeah. yeah um, Play for the Telford Tigers, I hear. Yeah, yeah. And, and Michael Jordan, I think, said something about um, people don't see all the shots mm. I miss or whatever mm. because they only see the shots I make. And, you know, there's other, other sporting examples. Cristiano Ronaldo, after training every day, would go and shoot and he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't go and get changed until he got 10 free kicks in a row or 100 free kicks in a row. Like Beckham. Yeah, like Beckham, exactly. And from a business perspective, that means that if you really are as ambitious as you say, or if you really are staying hungry, as we would put it, you've got to be willing to fail. That, well, I don't mind saying probably 9 out of 10 of my ideas don't come off as I expect them to. I wouldn't say they're full failures, but, but... very rarely do you hit the sweet spot of something that absolutely nails it and you've just got to be willing to be persistent yeah i think uh, i i've got two daughters as you know um one of them if she comes last in something the chances of her doing that sport again are very slim mm. 
Whereas my other daughter, she generally comes last in these races that she's doing. Not put off at all because she's beating her previous times. So my favourite story of recent times that anyone's told me is from you and it's about your daughter. And she entered a race, I think this is true. And she came fifth. But because it was a county race, in her mind, she's now the fifth fastest in the county. Yeah. But fifth was last. Yeah. But what a brilliant way to be. Well, a guy we know, very high up in the media industry, I worked with him at ITV back when we were newbies. And on his CV, he put something like he got third in the Portsmouth Film Festival competition yeah. or something. Uh, there are only three entries. Yeah but, yeah, but it's like brilliant, and that's 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 now some people listening are probably oh that's, that's lying, that's just spin. It's like well no, it's just being a bit smart. It's not lying. You can't. You got to be ethical about it. But it's like f- how you frame stuff is important, and not just in the words you use, um, whether you're writing your CV, writing a social media post, but in in, in how you act and how you think and how you yeah ha- how you how you behave because you've always got to be thinking with your business hat on. I think it's for, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, you need to switch off and work-life balance and stuff. I want it to get to the point where work-life balance is like, that. that's that's bollocks. It's not nine to five and then I just switch off, oh, because I've got my balance in order. It's the fact that I'll work when I want. If I want to work till 10 o'clock on a Thursday night, but then take my kids to the cinema on Monday, I'll do that because I, I, I love what I do. Yeah. And so I... I've got a friend, I've talked to you about, I won't name him, but I've talked to you about before. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. You haven't even said anything there. And, uh, do you work in the public sector? He does ah! work in the public sector. Not that there's any problem with that, Andy. No, of course, um, my brother works in the public sector. He's save. a teacher. So does mine, he's a fireman. So yeah. there we go. Works half a um, day, half a year. Well, mine goes into burning buildings, so I'm not sure why. <laughs> uh, yeah, fire off, so yeah, a lot, lot um, different. Anyway. I could, ne- I could never do that job. They're probably heightest. Well, you'd be good at getting in small spaces. Well, that's that's why I was like a tunnel rat. That, yeah. was, that was my thinking. So, so what's sorry. Your, oh, sorry. I was going to say about um, quick aside now. Watching Vigil. I know you finished it. I'm yeah. four episodes in now. So I thought, I've got to be honest. I can't think of a worse job. Um, but I thought being I wonder, a submariner. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Wonder what it takes to be a submariner. So I went onto the old Navy website, and it says, right, okay, what role do you fancy? Is there a maximum height? I thought like I thought weapons, whatever. And I thought, I'm going to give you my genuine age. Came back, yes, ageist. Too old. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to write a letter to my MP. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't think of anything worse than being stuck underwater oh, for God. six months. No windows. No, oh, just the smell. Yeah, something that. Individual, yeah, it, was it like 150 men and three women? You can't, so you can't hide a fart down there. No, that's just... I've never said that on the podcast before. Uh, well, there, yeah. So, my friend. Sorry. My friend. He said to me the other day, and everyone can relate to feeling like this at some point, but it doesn't mean it's right. He said, I like to be pessimistic because then I'm never disappointed. Bloody hell, Homer Simpson said something very similar. And I... Aim low, then you'll never be disappointed or something yeah, like that. And I, and I said to him, so you always think the worst because then whatever the outcome is, is better than what you thought. But it isn't because business books, bloody stoic theologists everyone will tell you that essentially what you think becomes true, self-fulfilling prophecies, that unless you can visualise what you're going to do. So if you start to think the worst, inevitably bad shit will happen. So how has he risen through the ranks then, being so pessimistic? It's just luck or or lack of competition. Yeah. 
I think mm. lack of competition. He's a very intelligent guy, and I and I think a curse of intelligence sometimes can be you overthink things. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, <laughs> and so, so I guess if you're constantly riddled with a certain level of anxiety, you're always worried. You, you're probably you're probably not truly pessimistic. You're probably thinking about all the outcomes, and of course. If you're trying to do something difficult, nine out of ten of the outcomes aren't going to be the one you want. I think that's something I found hard in business when we started up years and years ago, like we said about overthinking stuff. If there was a strategy or system that worked for all these business owners, I struggled to follow because I'd always like try and, oh, maybe if I tweaked that bit, or maybe if I did this instead of that. And of course, it wouldn't really work. And it did take me a while to accept that, right, okay, if a system is tried and tested, Go with it or don't. One Make mm. you, your decision one way or the other. And it's the same with our marketing that sells system. It's tried and tested. Do these things and your business will be yeah, in a better we- place. Don't, don't fuck around with it. Do it and, and don't overthink it. We've, we've, done the, we've done the thinking and the overthinking we for you. We've failed for you already. Yeah, yeah, we've made those mistakes. We don't want you to make these mistakes, which is why we've written the book, which is why we've devised a system. You can either implement the system um, and we'll teach you to do it, or we'll implement it for you. Yeah. But, otherwise, but otherwise, don't fuck around with it. Yeah, and, and that's hard for some people to grasp because they always want to fiddle. And I guess, and, and my friend that we're talking about, and multiple other people I know, and myself for probably three quarters of my life, think they know better. So you spend your energy trying to disprove something somebody's already proven, rather than spending your energy executing on what someone's already done for you and then making the most of the results and some and some part in our system in 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 any system it might look like it's failing at some point because i think and i know we're doing another podcast um at some point about um about people expecting things instantaneously in the age of technology people Mm. want to press a button and get it there and then they don't they don't they're not prepared to wait so when the results don't happen straight away they view it as a failure and they give up and it's like that old story in um was it think and grow rich about about the guy who like was uh, in the gold rush digging and digging and digging and then gave up and someone bought the land off him for like a few dollars and dug for a day and was yeah, like yeah. Six, he was six inches away from like the richest gold seam ever or something but he gave up too early and i think that thing about failure yeah people like like again my my daughter who has come last in probably four or five races in a row now, she ain't given up because she's better in the time and she's carrying on. Whereas again, there are some people like, yeah, bugger that. Yeah. And they're on the on the brink of success. So something else said friend said to me the other day, and I might have told you this, but it's certainly interesting for the podcast, is he said, so you're doing all right at the moment, Joel. How much of your success is down to work and how much of it is down to luck? <sighs> And he said it in front of somebody else, and um, I did very well not to hit him. Did, did you quote, was it Eleanor Roosevelt or whoever it was about, yeah, the harder I work, the luckier I get? And yeah. Luck. Wow. And uh, and of course, there is an element of fortune to, to anything that, you know, someone could do exactly what I've done and have a different outcome. I'm, I'm well aware of that. And I'm by no means the most successful or most lucky person either. But... I turned around and said to him, I was willing to put myself in situations that other people weren't. I was willing to go through pain that other people weren't. I was willing to fail more times than other people. Mm. Well, what do you mean? I don't see you failing. 
well, it's not what you don't talk about your failures in the pub, do you? I mean, there's a select few people I talk to. I mean, some people, are, you know, it's almost a trend, isn't it, to like, you know, share your humanity, of course, and admit your failures and stuff. But some people, they just go overboard and just all they do is talk about their failures. And it's like, yeah, I'm not saying that, but we are human. We make mistakes. And by nature, not many of us want to bang on about them. Me and you, you know, we're not looking for people's sympathy, whereas some people are. And some people are using it to cheat the algorithms, aren't they? That's why they post yeah, about yeah. famous often. But With think, like a hook. Of like, yeah, oh, my God. parents used to beat me, dot, mm. dot, dot, or, or what, you know, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a horrific example. Well, someone used a, an instance like that recently on LinkedIn. I got buried by someone yeah, else. Yeah, 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 because they, they suffered, it was about domestic abuse, wasn't it? Amazing, that reply. Did you, because uh, there, there were quite a few replies, weren't Yeah, there? someone who both of us don't always necessarily see eye to eye with on LinkedIn, uh, but she's very, very successful on LinkedIn put a very good reply on that about I'm I'm sad to see that you're using domestic abuse as clickbait. Some mm. people have mm. really, really suffered at the hands yeah. of domestic violence. And I and and I, I well I actually messaged her and said that was a great, yeah, great reply. Absolutely. I know just again cheating the algorithms, just shortcuts and, and hacks. And I know that's a word you hate. There there are ways of working smarter, but I don't think there are any shortcuts to success. Just like luck. I mean people say you know people say about you being lucky because People talk about, I guess, some of the situations I've been, you know, fortunate to find myself. I was going to say lucky then. Like when I was in London, some of the, some of the people I've met, I said, oh, you're so lucky to have gone to premieres or so lucky to have met, I think, bloody Nicole Kidman or whatever. Yeah, unfortunately, I was really pissed and can't remember much of that. Um, in a heyday as well. And I'm sure she can't remember it either. <laughs> um, and um, She does like short blokes. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's like... You might think that that's that's luck. One, I put myself in that situation, but you didn't see the hours I was putting in to work to hold my job in London because you know you can't earn a pittance in London. And so there's, there's nothing lucky about it. It's it's hard working smartly. Again, yes, it's not just about working twenty hours a day, but there almost seems to be a an anti hard work movement at the moment. Oh, you mustn't hustle. No, again, you mustn't hustle. You can't hustle forever. You can't uh, you can't scale your business by hustling. But you you still got, need to. Yeah, you've got to be the hardest worker in the room. And, and it's it, nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. And, and, like, I could fall victim to that sometimes in the sense that I know I'm, like, a relatively smart guy. So sometimes you can get a bit lazy with that. So he's like, well, I can do what I need to do today in an hour. So I'll do that and then I'll go out on my bike or I'll go to the gym or whatever. But imagine what I could do in eight hours or 10 hours, or 12 hours, or 14 hours. And you have to, like, remind yourself in business that just because you can, you know, say you're the best carpenter and joiner in the world, so you could build a window in 20 minutes and charge a grand for it, well, that doesn't mean you should only do one a day, unless mm. unless that's what you want to do. But why, why not push that? Well, why don't you build an a timber clad building or what don't you, you know, it's that whole being willing to, to stay hungry, to push beyond what is your comfort zone. And that's what I was trying to get over to my friend is, is, and, and it was quite sad for a close friend to say it to me. It's like, well, you've seen me on the brink of total failure. You've seen me on the brink of total collapse. You know, you see the shitty car, shitty cars. We both used to drive yeah, yeah. when we were hustling, starting up the business, the, the, you got, what's the phrase? Pay the 
what is it? Fucking do do your bits. You pay your dues. Pay your dues. Yeah. yeah. It's like, bloody hell, you didn't see the, the fucking Fiat Punter, whatever it is, well, is that, I was driving about when I started. Exactly. First networking meeting I went to, which you were at, funnily enough, but um, like 30 miles from my house. And my main concern, I wasn't nervous about the network meeting. My main concern was that my car might not make it. And... I got plenty of friends who just wouldn't be willing to take that risk. Mm. Not be in a room of 30 people. Literally, in their head, they'd be like, well, the car might not make it, so I'm not going. Mm. Or um, I've got to get up at half past five, so I'm not going. Mm. And, and oh, yeah, I know networking groups that didn't start till eight in the morning, which for a, a networking breakfast is pretty late. But, oh, God, no, eight in the morning. Oh, I'm not doing that. It's like... Wow, yeah, just, I'd say the 80-20 rule applies that 80% of people, they're just not hungry enough. They're not hungry enough to, you can't be hungry for failure, but they're not willing to, to put up with failure. Yeah. They get they get dissuaded. And sometimes it's even friends and family who mean well by saying, listen, you failed at that. Why don't you just stop? Move on to something else. Or, or actually, why don't you just go back into the world of employment? Go and get a job somewhere. It'll be safe in yeah. there. Get a steady paycheck. And I think there are probably loads of business owners out there who had so much potential, but well-meaning people have stopped them from fulfilling that potential. And rather than embrace and learning from failure, they're being hammered by failure. So every time I failed, even if it didn't feel like it at the time, you come out the other side of it a stronger person, not necessarily mentally stronger or tougher, but you might be more resilient to that particular situation or you've taught yourself what not to do or, or whatever it might be. And some people don't learn from their failures. You, We all have relatives that make the same mistakes over and over again. We all have friends that make the same mistakes over and over again, where I think a good example of a hungry entrepreneur is they're willing to make mistakes, but they don't make the same mistake mm, twice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had this dinner the other day talking to a business owner and they're saying about, there's a company that kept wanting quotes off him. And every time they just went to ground, they got the quote off him. And he never heard of them again. So how many times has happened? Oh, well, they've asked for a quote now. And it's like, I think time number four or five. Okay. What have you done after the previous times? And he'd done exactly the same every time. It's like, well, bloody hell. Who's the fool? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And it's like, learn for that. Okay. So this guy's gone to ground. What can I do? to chase him up or what can I do next time he asks for a quote and you hone it down then quote number four he's got his process refined and it will come it'll get it over the line and some people they they never get to quote number four by quote number two or three they'd be like no fuck off I'll yeah quote so you, you're a time waster like our system if somebody asks us for a proposal we will do it as long as they agree to a follow-up call because we we won't ever let ourselves be in a situation where people go to ground on us anymore it's still hard now, but yeah, we've, and it is a first world problem, but when you've invested so much time and energy and it's difficult. And that's why I always had respect for you. I tell you about the guard designer did our garden, but he's like, right, I'll do the design for it. And this is what I charge to do that design. Now, if you go ahead with the quote, I'll knock that design charge off the quote. Yeah. I said, okay, why'd you do that? He said, because I'm sick of people taking my quote to like, Gary the gardener down the road saying, right, how much would you charge to design and, you know, sculpt this garden for me? And it's like, well, bloody hell, fair enough. So I'm sure there are certain businesses where you can charge for a proposal because if your proposals entail giving away quite a few of your secrets that are 
the result of all your hard work and years of experience. Yeah, charge me. Yeah, I used to get that, you know, obviously my background's graphic design. Can I pick get, your brains, John? used to get that all the time. Like, oh, can I see the designs first? <laughs> no, you fucking can't. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? It's, it's, and most of the time, it's, it's not even people being malicious or underhand. They're just, see, what, what can I, yeah, naive. What can I get away with? This is what I'm paying. I want to exploit that as, as much as I can. And again, there's nothing. And it's, I, th- I think you do get hard skin to it because you, you come across it so often in business now. The people who charge a fortune but want to pay the least to their own suppliers. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a difficult one. But. So I think we've explained that one. What would I've got a tip of the week? Oh, okay. Hack. Yeah, hack of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind a hack, actually. I think it's become a bit more commonplace now, but... Yeah. Who keeps walking in and out? Bloody Evie. Yeah, Let's Evie. call her out on the podcast. No, it's our favourite. You all right, Evie? Her jumper's called today. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I like turquoise. Turquoise? That's the colour of a jumper, isn't it? No, that's blue. No, it's turquoise blue. Turquoise has green in it. You sure? Yeah. Okay, well, that's for another podcast. I think we'll just... Get who's you. the graphic designer? Who's the copywriter? Well, I think you might need a colour blindness test. It's definitely turquoise. It's not. Oh, okay. To be continued. Uh, what, was your hack? what was your hack of the week, then? Hack of the week. Du, 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 so, one of my mentors talks about something. Uh, you made me... No one cares, Joel. Right. Is this not your bloody Gil Sand story again? No, oh, no. Okay. Um <laughs> Mr. So Gale. Harry Hill Bob used to Gale. have TV highlight of the week on his show. <laughs> right. And one of my mentors does hack of the week on his podcast. And he goes, hack of the week. But I can't steal that from him because that makes me look like a dick. Mm. And two, it's not that funny. So, yeah. sorry. Um, tip of the week then. Not tip, not tip of the week. Tip of the week. Got enough of those. Tip of the week. So tip of the week is when something goes wrong, to take your journal out or your notebook out or whatever it might be. And write down the five lessons you've learned from that situation every time. And if you do that consistently, one, you'll never make those mistakes again. And two, you'll continue to grow. So every failure you'll start to embrace. And then you'll get into a habit of understanding that failure isn't a bad thing. And you'll have more wins and more successes. And Tom, you have named him. If you're listening. After all that secrecy. If you're listening, that's how you make your own luck. Wow. That could just go into a whole other thread now about about my degrees in psychology and it's all this nature versus nurture stuff. Yeah. So do you think there's a certain people get to a certain point in their life where things like pessimism, everything's out of my, whatever it might be, belief in luck, there's nothing you can do to change. It's conditioned into you by that point. Or do you think by the right le- reading, by in, uh, enforcing the right rules in your life, what you're exposed to, the people you hang around with that you can unlearn those behaviors? It's hard. It's hard to say this on a podcast, especially for people that don't know me and without sounding like an arrogant prick. But I am the living embodiment of someone who has dramatically changed later in life. And no one can convince me otherwise. It's not fate. Or, and, that, and, that, and that's genius. true what? Uh, well, from hanging mass- out with me. Partly to do with hanging out with you. But... Um, being willing to accept and embrace massive failures on my own part. So uh, fundamentally wrong thinking. Um, and I know some people listening will be like, well, you can't think wrong. Your thoughts are your thoughts. That's not true. You can change your thoughts. 
you can okay. become more positive. Um, change my habits. So how I start my day, how I end my day. Mm. Um, changing my the way I react to things, which is probably the hardest because I'm still not perfect at that by any stretch. But um, just working hard to look at a situation and find the positive, even in the worst case scenario. Um, and then, yeah, who you hang around with, what you read, what you expose yourself to, um, how you deal with pressure. And, and, and it all comes back to um, that inner voice, how you react to your inner voice, because nobody's inner voice is always nice to them. That's, that's not true at all. Like most people's inner voice, particularly entrepreneurs, will be pretty rough on them and mm-hmm. will always expect more yeah. from them. But it's whether you use that to drive you or whether you use it to bury you. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah I, I just... That's a good tip. Big, yeah, a big tip. It is a big tip. I think it would just be really sad if someone sat there saying, well, it doesn't matter because I can't change this. Mm. Well, we know people like that, don't we? We've tried to help and people have to help themselves as yeah, well. Yeah, it, well, yeah, you put your, like the aeroplane analogy, you put your own mask on mm. first because you can't help anyone if you're going to die. It's, yeah. That's what we keep telling the team about, you know, if they want to go to certain expos or conferences, we're more than happy to pay for it. But they've got to actually what they learn. Because so many, so many conferences, you, you learn all this great stuff and nod and make notes. But then you come back to the office and you're just back into the day yeah. to day. So, like, I'm not, I'm not throwing any of the team under the bus here by any stretch. But you and I have been to quite a few conferences recently. And no one in our team, but bar one person... Uh, has asked if they can come to the next one. Maybe they don't want to spend time with you. Yeah, maybe. But They've all asked me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Joel's not going, can I come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some, like, again, that's going back to that, oh, are you just lucky or not? Or It's like that seize the day. Is it Carpe Diem? Carpe Diem, yeah. Yeah, it's Dead like, society. like, don't forget to grab the opportunities in front of you. So here... I know if someone tapped on our door and said, oh, can I come to the next mm. Expert Empires? Oh, so, oh, that's so good. That's another podcast. That is Carpe Diem. Just, I mean, something I said to Emily, and we joke about it now a long time ago, was if you don't ask, you don't get. And of course, according, she's remembered that. And pretty much every week she'll ask for something. So she's today, she's got a new, new iPhone 13 Pro Bloody Max in Platinum or whatever she's got now, and a gimbal. And yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get it. Sometimes you get told no, and there'll be some people who get told no a couple of times. I won't ask about stuff again now. There'll be other people, and I think Emily's like that. She'll carry on asking because she knows that's that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And um, hats off to her. Shout out for a non-co-break member of the team. But if you are uh, if you want to learn how to be resilient, make friends with an actor because they get told no all the time and keep going back. And once you see that, it gives you a hell of a lot of perspective on your own career. Yeah, was it Matt LeBlanc who, when he got when he found out he passed the audition to Friends, first thing he went out and bought was a hot meal? Because I think he had like $13 in his bank account or something when he went to the audition. Yeah. And it's it's mad. And I think that's why, I suppose, actors, they, 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 they congregate together. And business owners, if I could go back, maybe the, the one thing I would have done different... I would have joined some kind of business mastermind. mastermind. Yeah. Because you quickly realise, oh shit, they're, they're going through the same things as me. Oh my God, he, this super successful man or woman, they've had failures like I have. So it, 
it's I'm not saying it's the norm, but it's not I'm not I'm not my own in this in this challenge in this yeah. in this struggle. And that was eye-opening to me when I've seen really successful, pretty powerful business people. It's always like unburdening their soul a bit about how hard they're finding things, what a struggle something has been, about a massive failure, you know, a, a deal's fallen through, they've lost a million quid. And it's like, holy shit, what am I worried about that social media post not going out? Yeah, yeah. And that perspective, and, and that would be my, my hack of the week, would nice. be in terms of dealing with failure, look for some kind of mastermind mentorship group where you can surround yourself by but people on the same kind of journey Going as you. Going through the same thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how do people find out about this so-called marketing that sells system? Oh, oh, where do we start now? Listen to the podcast, a good start. Go to codebreak.co.uk and everything you need to know about our system is there. You can buy our book there as well, our Amazon bestseller book that explains the system step-by-step, your step-by-step guide to growing, protecting and scaling your business. Awesome. That's a good plan. That's a good one. Right. Lovely to chat to you guys. We'll be back again soon. Stay hungry. <laughs>